We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, before we get to the intro music, the intro music that's (laughs) so bad it's good, uh, and before we get to the show, I want to dedicate this episode of the Al Galdi podcast uh, to a good friend, uh, Matt Camerides, uh, who tragically passed away on Tuesday morning. Uh, Matt was just 44 years old. I went to high school with Matt. Uh, We went to Georgetown Prep High School in Rockville, Maryland. Uh, He was a great friend. He was really funny. (laughs) He was smart. He was compassionate. Uh, He was a listener of the podcast. He was always really supportive of me in my career and I'll never forget that. Uh, We, in recent years, had stayed in touch primarily via text. I can't tell you how much I'm going to miss texting with him about the Orioles and about sports and uh, about just whatever. Uh, Matt, I love you, buddy. Uh, I miss you already, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again someday. Uh, And now we play (laughs) the uh, very bad intro music. Away we go, episode 710 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Thursday, November 30th, 2023, the final day of November 2023. Jeez, we are basically done with November. The worst thing about the NFL season is how quickly it goes. Here we are now already headed into the final full month of the NFL regular season. Although, let's be honest, for our team, the season does not truly begin until January, until the offseason. Only suckers get worked up over September through December. No, 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 no. Our team's time for decades has been January through August. We own January through August. Prime time for our team is January through August. Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, I appreciate all of the messages on X uh, that I'm getting from you guys via the Spotify wrapped campaign. I love them. Keep them coming. Uh, This is the only podcast or show that talks Washington, D.C. area sports with a new episode each weekday, Monday through Friday, with each episode coming out oh so early. Each weekday morning, uh, Commander's head coach, Rod Rivera, he now is the team's defensive coordinator, and he on Wednesday seemed to embrace that role in a way that he had not since firing defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and defensive backs coach Brett Wieselmeyer this past Friday morning. Next segment, I'll play and react to a variety of comments from Ron at his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, including what he had to say about now calling defensive plays. You'll also hear Ron talk about a new hire for his coaching staff. Uh, And then I will go in-depth on quarterback Sam Howell off comments from Sam at his pre-practice press conference on Wednesday and comments from Ron on Wednesday afternoon about Sam. Uh, Ron on Wednesday afternoon sung to the heavens about a conversation that he had with Sam 
after the 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. But good stuff from Sam on Wednesday on the commander's next opponent, the high-scoring, high-yardage-generating Miami Dolphins, who also can play some defense. Uh, we also got some notable stuff from Sam regarding assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Also on the show, I will discuss a jam-packed Wednesday night in D.C. area sports. We had the Capitals late night on Wednesday night with a terrific 2-1 win at the Los Angeles Kings, despite the Caps having just 15 shots on goal to the Kings' 39. Uh, we had our tanking Wizards again playing zero defense, uh, this time in a 139-120 loss at the Orlando Magic. And we had a lot going on in college basketball. Georgetown, a 69-67 win over Merrimack at Capital One Arena. Virginia got a great win, a 59-47 win over number 14 Texas A&M at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, Virginia Tech got smashed a 74-57 loss at Auburn, and the only ranked team of the Mid-Atlantic region, number 22, James Madison, it continued to roll an 81-66 win over Buffalo at Atlantic Union Bank Center in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Thoughts on all of these games later in the show. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback these days on how Commander's managing partner Josh Harris is handling the future of Commander's football operations. Email from Mike Harwell writes, Mike, I have been a steady supporter of Ron Rivera, mainly because he appears to be a good and honorable person and is sincere about improving the commanders. He's been through a lot, both personally and organizationally, over his four years with the team. But I believe that the end of his time with the commanders is near, and I wish him and his family only the best. If I was Josh Harris, I would look for the best football mind that I could find, bring that person in as president or general manager or whatever, but that person is in overall command. <laughs> Look for an upcoming talent for head coach and let those two people fill the rest of the open positions on the team. Given the importance of free agency and the draft, time is of the essence. Uh, thank you. For the email, Mike, uh, what you want is what I want and what I think most fans of the team want, a traditional power structure of one person as the head of football operations slash general manager and another person as the head coach who is hired by and answers to the head of football operations slash GM. And Mike said that time is of the essence. It is, and in more ways than one, the Josh Harris group is largely getting a pass on this season, and justifiably so. But if you are Josh Harris and you bought the Commanders with all of this momentum and excitement and goodwill from the long-suffering <laughs> fan base of the team, you want success as soon as possible. Now, that doesn't mean that you should make panic moves or short-sighted moves, but you want this next era of Commanders football operations to be great because it being great will mean that a turnaround will happen quickly. There are no three to five year rebuilds in the NFL. The three to five year rebuild in the NFL is a lie, a work, a con, an artifact from a bygone era. The truth is that when a new football operations regime for an NFL team is truly good, you see good results, if not right away, then certainly within the first two seasons. And that's a big part of why Washington steamrolling uh, toward a fourth non-winning regular season in four seasons with Rod Rivera's head coach in a coach-centric approach isn't close to good enough. Uh, email from Jeff writes, Jeff, I just finished episode 707. Always a good listen. Well, thank you, Jeff. Continues, Jeff. What I don't understand is how the past few weeks, all of the focus has been on which coaches will be fired and when. Certainly the firing of JDR and that high school <laughs> defensive backs coach were too little too late. But if ownership is holding on to Ron to finish out the season and his firing is most likely after the season's final game, and if the idea is to have a new general manager in place to hire the next head coach. Why not fire the front office now? Go ahead and send off Jason Wright, Martin Mayhew, and Marty Herney. After all, what are they doing now anyway? Probably looking for their next jobs. At this point, what value are these people offering to the future of the franchise? Strip Ron of any responsibilities other than coaching this team and get the new GM and his staff in place now so that those people can begin the work of finding the team's next head coach. Why wait? Uh, thank you for the email, Jeff. Well, 
Uh, Josh Harris enacting a bunch of firings now and hiring the new head of football operations now would be totally fine, but an NFL team is not allowed to interview front office executives and coaches from other teams until certain dates. The NFL's rule for interviewing candidates who are employed by other teams to fill the positions of head coach, coordinator, and, quote, high-level club employee and secondary football executive, end quote, positions is that such interviews cannot happen until at least the third day after the conclusion of the person's team's Week 18 game. So if Josh Harris wants to interview an executive with another team, and he almost certainly does, he can't do that right now. Uh, The head of football operations slash general manager candidates who we talked about with pro football focus salary cap analyst Brad Spielberger on Tuesday's show, episode 708, those people are all currently employed by NFL teams and thus cannot be interviewed by Josh Harris yet. Now, uh, Josh right now can interview someone not currently working for an NFL team, but who knows if Josh has any interest in someone not currently working for an NFL team. But consider the commander's new senior vice president of football strategy, Eugene Shen, uh, whose hiring was announced on October 26th. He had not been working in the NFL, so the commanders were free to hire him in season. Heck, if you remember when the Redskins hired Bruce Allen as executive vice president slash general manager in December 2009, uh, that happened during the 2009 season. Why? Because Bruce (laughs) had been out of the NFL, and uh, it turns out for a good reason. It means you're close. Yes, Brucifer, we're close. Uh, Well, a law firm that is great as opposed to being close to great uh, is Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace has won millions of dollars for clients and was just named as part of U.S. News & World Report's Best Law Firm's 2024 edition. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, Work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. Attorneys Chris Nace and Matt Nace, they are experienced trial attorneys who are not afraid to take cases to trials. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. It could be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Uh, so we have a new coach on Commander's head coach, Rod Rivera's staff, Jim Salgado. Uh, He's been hired by the Commanders as an interim defensive assistant coach. Uh, Jim Salgado had been Michigan State's cornerbacks coach. He was named to that position 
this past March 16th. He spent the previous six seasons, 2017 through 2022, with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, He was a defensive assistant for the Bills for the 2017 through 2019 seasons. He was the Bills nickel coach for the 2020 and 2021 seasons, and he was the Bills safeties coach for the 2022 season. Uh, The Bills head coach since January 2017 has been Sean McDermott, who was the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers for Rod Rivera's first six seasons as Panthers head coach, 2011 through 2016. Ron, on Wednesday afternoon, did a post-practice press conference that started in the 4 p.m. hour. This was Ron on Jim Salgado. Jimmy's the guy did internships with us before in the past. Um, he's a coach I've known for, for quite some time, and <laughs> a couple times I've tried to hire him. Um, and... Um, and he ended up in Buffalo. Uh, he was with Sean and, and, and Leslie in that system, which is similar to some of the things that we do. And so when, um, when uh, he was at Michigan State most recently, and, um, and you know, when the season was over, the, you know, the word was they were going to change their, their head coach. So I reached out to him um, after the season was over to find out what his status was. Uh, he was available. Um, and so we, um, we, we, we got him, brought him in. He's going to be a, uh, basically an, in, uh, a, um, he's going to come in, he's going to work with the defensive backs and he's just going to finish the year out for us. And then we'll go from there. Well, how about Jim Salgado's first game with the Commanders, a game against the ultra-potent Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. The Dolphins for this regular season are tied for 6th in the NFL in explosive passing plays at 42. We define an explosive passing play as a pass play of at least 20 yards. The Commanders for this regular season are dead last in the NFL in fewest explosive passing plays allowed. 51. Uh, The commander's injury report for Wednesday afternoon's practice listed just four players, two defensive players and two offensive players. Uh, Corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. did not practice on Wednesday afternoon due to the elbow injury that had him inactive for the commander's 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Edge defender James Smith-Williams did not practice on Wednesday afternoon due to the hamstring injury that has had him inactive for each of the commander's last two games. Center Tyler Larson did not practice on Wednesday afternoon due to a knee issue and tight end slash fullback. Alex Arma was a limited participant in Wednesday afternoon's practice due to the hamstring injury that has had him inactive for each of the commander's last two games. So the commander's injury report for Wednesday afternoon's practice listed just four players. The Dolphins injury report for their Wednesday practice listed 17 players. The commanders have yet to have their bye week this season, and yet for their first practice, for their first game in December this season, listed a mere four players on the injury report. The commanders this season have been remarkably healthy, and yet still... They, for this regular season, are just four and eight with a point differential of minus 104. Uh, the big topic at Ron Rivera's post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon was him now being the team's defensive coordinator. Well, of him this past Friday morning, firing defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and defensive backs coach Brett Wieselmeyer. Ron, on Wednesday afternoon, on what the last few days have been like. A bit of work on Saturday as a coaching staff. Came back in on uh, on Monday, and um, we finished up our first second down game planning. Started prepping for red zone and third down. Uh, came in yesterday, and uh, we did a little bit more. Uh, we had a chance to visit with the players, went through some things. I talked directly to them about you know what happened, um, you know what 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 went into my decision making, and you know just basically the biggest thing I did, told them was it was on us now. You know we're gonna we're gonna do the things that. You know, we feel really good about. We we want to make sure the things that we're doing, um, you know, give you guys the best opportunity to be successful. And I uh, just want to hear from them as well. I had an opportunity to talk with several of them about it. Uh, they were all very good about that today, uh, this morning. And then I thought uh, going out in, in the morning meeting and then going out on the practice field, uh, I think things went well. All right. This was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on what's different with him now having defensive coordinator duties. Um, you know, it's obviously the, 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 the time, you know, I used to spend looking at some of the offensive stuff I really haven't done. Um, I haven't had time to be, to be quite honest, um, to do any of that. So just, you know, being focused with, with the defensive guys, um, it's been great too, because, um, you know, we, we've, we've kind of 
given different responsibilities to the, to the defensive coaches. Uh, I think they've handled those things very well. You know, guys are, you know, when, when I come in and, you know, the things that they're, they're presenting, um, you know, the, the preparation for, for, for each of those meetings has been really good by those guys. And uh, just kind of like, you know, the, 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 the flow of it, the rhythm has been really good. So that's been good. Um, and I thought, again, I thought the players handled today uh, very well. All right, so far so good, but we'll see how things are when quarterback Tua Tungavailoa is throwing bombs to receiver Tyreek Hill on Sunday afternoon. Although Tyreek did not practice on Wednesday due to an ankle ailment. But yeah, Ron Rivera's first game as commander's defensive coordinator is against the high-octane Dolphins, uh, for whom former Redskins receivers coach Mike McDaniel is head coach. Uh, Mike McDaniel worked for the Skins for the 2011 through 2013 seasons. He was an offensive assistant for the 2011 and 2012 seasons. He was a Skins receivers coach for the 2013 season, as yes, he is one of the many offensive assistants from Mike Shanahan's time as Skins executive vice president slash head coach who has gone on to do well as an NFL head coach. If I see (laughs) the photo of Skins offensive assistants from the 2013 season who have gone on to do well as NFL head coaches one more time, I'm going to scream. I am so over uh, that photo. But how about this from Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on a letter that Ron received from Mike McDaniel years ago when Mike was looking to get into coaching at the NFL level. Well, I remember replying, um, and then he reminded me of it uh, last year when, when uh, I was at one of the uh, committee meetings and we had a great conversation. Um, he's very bright, very sharp young man. He really is. Um, I mean, you know, when 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 people do things like that, you know, they take the initiative. It goes back to that old saying that I was told back in the day when I wanted to get into coaching, and that is, they're not going to send the limo, so go get the job. And that was my mentality, and I was very impressed with that, and that's why I I, I responded. You know, he took the time, and and the least I could do was take the time to to respond to him. And, you know, and and it's kind of proven it because, I mean, he's turned into a heck of a football coach. He really has. He's done a great job. Yes, he has. Uh, Mike McDaniel, over two regular seasons as Dolphins head coach, is 17-11, and uh, 9-8 in the 2022 regular season, 8-3 this regular season. Uh, We earlier heard Ron Rivera talk about having spoken with Commander's defensive players. Ron on Wednesday afternoon on what he heard from those players, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with David Aldridge of The Athletic. You know, in talking with him, you know, it it was, I think, more about just getting the opportunity to, to play fast. Um, you know, th- we do. We did some really good things. We did some complicated things, um, and I think taking some of those things off their off their plate would, would make it easier for them to play fast. And I think that's what they've done. Um, I thought today was a good practice. I thought the guys were dialed in on it. Um, you know, one thing we did pare things down a lot, um, and it's just I think the natural response to it is when you know when 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 there is changes. You know, let's focus in on these little things and, and let's get back to the basics what does the balance between listening to them and understanding that decisions have to be made about how you're going to utilize them and what they're going to do i think there is there is first of all the most important thing is that you listen to them um and you hear you hear exactly what they say and then you respond to it and and really tell them hey these are things that we can do and this is why we're going to do them um you know and just i think Giving them the, the opportunity to have the voice was, was you know, something they wanted. So I, I listened and talked with several of them. Well, the messaging from Ron Rivera since taking over as defensive coordinator is that things with the defense need to be simplified. Uh, that has become an undeniable theme. The belief clearly was that things under Jack Del Rio were too complicated. Uh, that would help to explain the uh, many busted coverages by the commanders this season. But we'll see if making things simpler does make things better. Uh, Rod Rivera was the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator for the 2004 through 2006 seasons and was the San Diego Chargers defensive coordinator for the 2008 through 2010 seasons. He last called defensive plays in the 2019 season, his final season as Carolina Panthers head coach. Here was Ron on Wednesday afternoon on the mechanics with him as defensive coordinator, but also still as head coach. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with our pal, Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic. 
we'll get used to it. Um, you know, but but one of the things that you know that um, we're going to do more so than anything else is, um, you know, we'll just we'll just continue trying and keep things as normal as possible on the sidelines and just you know make sure the communications are there. Um, you know, one of the things that we will do is we'll communicate, and we'll talk, and and we'll we'll you know always give ourselves the opportunity to, to get together and, and discuss as, as we get into each uh, each each series. Um, a little something that you know I used to do when I was in in, uh, in uh, with the Chargers and then with uh, Chicago, and you know that's a little something that you do is kind of communicate what's the anticipation. You know, this is what we've shown. What are we expecting? You know, those types of things. As the head coach, you already have voices telling you various things, uh, including like replays, things like that. Mm-hmm. Does that even mean more people are in your head? Like, how many people will sort of be in the headset for you uh, on game day? Well, I mean, it's no different because I mean, when I'm when I'm when I was listening in on the offensive side and 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 hearing those things, um, and then listening to the people upstairs about challenges and all that kind of stuff as well, uh, it won't be that much different. It really won't. Um, I think the biggest thing, more anything else, is you know just the communications that I'll have. I'll have a few more things to say, you know, between plays. Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon seemed more upbeat, more energized than he had in his recent press conferences, those from this past Friday afternoon and Monday afternoon. He actually seemed enthused about being back as a defensive coordinator. He, at those previous recent press conferences, to me, did not seem enthused about being back as a defensive coordinator. This was Ron on Wednesday afternoon on getting into a rhythm as a defensive coordinator, and then you hear a follow-up exchange with Commanders Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. You know, you get into a certain uh, rhythm with with the game, and you get into a certain rhythm with the pr- the preparation. And I think that's one of the things that you know we did when I when I first got going. Um, you know, I, I I met with the defensive guys separately, individually, and then I met together, met with them as a group, and we talked about a lot of things. Um, and then I talked about the things that I was looking for and what I what I what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do them. And then you know I was going to give them the the weekend off, but then I told them I said, look, I need you guys to come in on Saturday, so let's you know let's get together. And um, you know came in on Saturday and 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 they were all prepared. Um, they had presentations ready to go, things for you know all based off of what we had talked about. So um, you know and, and it made that going through and looking at things and deciding and talking about um, a really good process. And that's kind of what I mean about having a rhythm, you know, to, to, to preparation. And so as we started transitioning on uh, Monday in preparation for uh, Miami, we were able to really just go into this and everybody knew, you know, their role and started to present. And it, it's, been, it's been a really good rhythm. Do you like play calling? When it works, yeah. <laughs> um, I do because it, you know, it, it. You really are engaged. You really are, and 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 it's. I mean, it, it, it takes a lot. I mean, you could see it. You know, when 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 play callers get into a really good rhythm, it happens very quickly, um, and you have you know a very good feel for it. And and you know something that I I, I enjoyed when I was a coordinator, you know. Um, I I the thing I really liked was the practices. I really did. I thought practice was really cool. Well, not cool is dealing with insurance. Uh, I don't think that anyone in the history of the world has said, dang, dealing with insurance is cool. (laughs) But BMC Insurance knows all about excellence with insurance. BMC Insurance is so good at insurance that BMC Insurance will have you saying, you know what? Dealing with insurance just might be cool. Uh, If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., put BMC Insurance to work for you regarding insurance for your employees. BMC Insurance can assist you with designing and implementing group benefit plans for employees. Uh, These plans include group health, dental, vision, life, and disability insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com and you'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a big Commanders fan, a loyal listener of this podcast. Make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. 
BMC Insurance uses cost-effective technology platforms to help employers manage employee onboarding and open enrollment periods. BMC Insurance conducts open enrollment meetings with its clients' employees via Zoom, a pre-recorded webinar, or an in-person meeting. And BMC Insurance is run by people, like Matt Brooks, who develop relationships with the employees of its clients so that the employees go to BMC Insurance with insurance carrier claim or billing issues, not you, the employer. You see... BMC Insurance takes the insurance burden off the employee and off the employer so that the employee and the employer can focus on what they do for a living and not insurance. BMC Insurance advises on strategies regarding implementing new group benefit plans and implementing employer contributions to these group benefit plans. Also, BMC Insurance can assist those who do not get health and dental insurance from their employers in obtaining health and dental insurance from the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link. And BMC Insurance understands how federal tax credits available through the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link work and benefit those who are eligible. The federal open enrollment period for those purchasing health insurance for themselves runs now through January 15th. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., there is a better way to do insurance. Let BMC Insurance take how you do insurance for your employees to an elite level for both them and you. Put BMC Insurance to work for you. Go to insurancebmc.com, talk to Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. That's insurancebmc.com, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, nothing for the commanders on the field matters more over the team's final five games of this regular season than the play of quarterback Sam Howell. Does he play well and make a strong case for himself as the team's QB1 moving forward, or does he struggle creating a likelihood of the team taking a quarterback in the first round of the 2024 NFL Draft, in which the team, as of now, would have the number five overall pick. I, for weeks with Sam, have said that I like a lot of what I'm seeing, but I do need to see more. Uh, The more that we're now seeing is coming against some good defenses. Uh, The commanders for this regular season have faced the second easiest schedule in the NFL in terms of opposing defenses via the DVOA metric. But the commanders in their 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving faced a very good defense in that of the Cowboys. And if you look at the NFL rankings of the commanders remaining opposing teams in total defense for DVOA for this regular season, home to the Miami Dolphins this Sunday afternoon at one, the Dolphins are number 15 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. At the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday afternoon, December 17th at 4.05, the Rams are number 21 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. Okay, but at the New York Jets on Christmas Eve afternoon at 1, the Jets are number 4 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. Home to the San Francisco 49ers on New Year's Eve afternoon at 1, the Niners are number 6 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. And home to the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon, January 7th. Time to be determined. Uh, The Cowboys are number three in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. Specific to the Dolphins, uh, they have one of the best corners in the NFL in Jalen Ramsey. Uh, He, for this regular season, has an overall grade for pro football focus of 84.7. PFF grades are on a scale a zero to a hundred. Uh, Sam Howell on Wednesday did a pre-practice press conference that started shortly before 12 p.m. This was Sam on if he has to prepare especially carefully for a corner like Jalen Ramsey. Um, yeah, I mean, I always watch, you know, watch a lot of those corners and always try to see how how they like to play. Um, but yeah, Ramsey's a good player. Obviously, you know, watched him a lot growing up, and it'll be fun to play against a good player like that. But yeah, he, he's a great player and does a good job, you know, mixing up his looks and choosing when he wants to be aggressive and when he's not. Um, so we definitely have our hands full with him. Um, and the other corner's pretty good as well. Um, 25's good. Xavier Howard's a good player as well. So we definitely have our, our hands full out, out on the perimeter, but we got some good wideouts. Um, and I'm going to take our wideouts versus anybody every single week.
And we heard Sam Howell reference the Dolphins' other top corner, Xavier Howard, although he's not having such a great season. He, for this regular season, has an overall grade for pro football focus of just 58. But the Dolphins are very good at preventing big plays. The Dolphins, for this regular season, are number 10 in the NFL in fewest yards allowed per pass attempt, just 6.18, and are number one in the NFL in fewest explosive plays allowed per game, just 4.1. We define an explosive play as a pass play of at least 20 yards or a run play of at least 10 yards. Uh, Sam Howell on Wednesday on facing a Dolphins defense that's good at preventing the explosive play. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you just kind of how they call the defense and how the system is ran. You you got to be smart about when you take your shots, and you got to try to do a good job of you know having positive plays. You know, especially on first and second down, and keeping yourself in manageable third down. So you got to be smart about when you want to take shots down the field. You know, just because they don't give you very many opportunities to. You know, there will there still will be times, and we'll just have to feel that kind of throughout the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. You know, versus some teams in the in the league, you know, you got to do a good job of just sustaining drives and you know taking what they give you. Um, this is definitely one of those weeks. Yes, it is. Uh, the Commanders, by the way, for this regular season, are number eleven in the NFL in explosive plays with seventy-one. That is one of the biggest areas of improvement for the team with. Eric Bieniemy as assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator generating explosive plays. Uh, the Dolphins defensive coordinator is Vic Fangio, uh, a notorious NFL defensive mind. Vic Fangio is 65. His first NFL coaching job was as the New Orleans Saints linebackers coach in the 1986 season. Uh, He was the Saints linebackers coach for the 1986 through 1994 seasons, during which the Saints had what was called the Dome Patrol, uh, one of the best linebacker cores in NFL history. Uh, Ricky Jackson, Vaughn Johnson, Sam Mills, Pat Swilling. Uh, Anyway, Vic Fangio is known for pre-snap disguises in order to make life tough for opposing quarterbacks. Sam Howell on Wednesday on facing a Dolphins defense that's good at pre-snap disguises. Yeah, I mean, obviously they do a good job with disguises, and there's a lot of really smart players on the defense, and they they definitely know what they're doing as far as trying to make certain things look like other things. Um, so it's a little bit of a challenge pre-snap. At the end of the day, you got to snap the ball, and you know you have your post-snap indicator indicators as far as what you're looking at and things that'll tell you where the ball should go. Um, so those things will be definitely very important this week. Yes, they will be. Uh, pre-snap reads, obviously, very important for a quarterback. Sam Howell on Wednesday on his uh, pre-snap awareness now as compared to earlier in the season. Um, I would say I definitely feel 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 more confident, and I feel like I, I can see more things pre-snap. You know, I can I really haven't went back and kind of watched myself at the beginning of the season, but I definitely feel like I've gotten more comfortable and I'm able to see more things and have more of an understanding of what defenses are doing. Um, but honestly, I haven't really reflected much on you know my growth throughout the season I'm just trying to take it one week at a time and try to get better each and every week and what we heard right there was Sam Howell continuing to not take the bait uh, to sing his own praises uh, talk up his growth discuss his improvement etc and that's exactly the right approach that Sam should take in these press conferences it's not his job to pat himself on the back having made just 13 career NFL regular season starts. Let other people pat Sam on the back. Uh, The optics of a young quarterback patting himself on the back are almost never good. (laughs) Uh, Sam handles himself well in these press conferences. I also liked his answer to this on Wednesday. Does him facing a team with an explosive offense like that of the Dolphins impact his approach to the game? Here was Sam's answer. Uh, Honestly, I don't really think about it. You know, I think, you know, as an offense, we try to do everything we can do every single week and we try to control what we can control um, and at the end of the day our job as an offense is to score more points than our opponent um, and so we we hold ourselves to a high standard um, and we feel like if we play that standard we have a chance to win every single game um, and we have a lot of confidence in our defense as well um, so we we expect them to go out there and play well and we just want to go out there and play good complimentary football um, and gives ourselves a chance to win. Very good answer by Sam Howell. Uh, But yeah, the commanders, in order to beat the Dolphins on Sunday afternoon, are almost certainly going to have to score a lot of points. Uh, The Dolphins for this regular season are number three in the NFL in total offense per DVOA and are number one in the NFL in yards per play. Well, we heard Sam in that cut that I just played for you say, quote, 
We have a lot of confidence in our defense, end quote. (laughs) Uh, I'll let you decide if Sam really believes that, but Sam on Wednesday was asked for his reaction to head coach Ron Rivera on Friday morning firing defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and defensive backs coach Brent Wieselmeyer. Here's what Sam said. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, definitely disappointing to see. You know, I have a lot of, a lot of respect for, you know, Coach Del Rio and, and Vise. Um, You know, I thought I did a tremendous job and, you know, it's just kind of unfortunate how the season's gone. So it's, it's, it's definitely disappointing to see them go and two people that I had a lot of respect for. Um, but at the end of the day, there's still a lot of football left and we got, we got games to win. Um, so, you know, our focus is on Miami this week. Um, and, you know, whoever's out there playing, whoever's out there coaching, it doesn't change anything for us. We just try to go out there and give it our all every single day. Yeah, the Commanders do still have five of their 17 games this regular season. Uh, There is still nearly a third of the regular season left to be played. That loss at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving did feel like the end of the season, but no, uh, there's still a good bit of season left. Uh, Now, Ron Rivera, during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, raved about a conversation that he had with Sam Howell after that loss at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Take a listen to this exchange between Commanders Insider J.P. Finley of NBC4 and Ron. Last two games, especially in Dallas, going up against a real explosive offense, seems like there's a bit more commitment to the run with Miami coming in, a really explosive offense again. Is that something that's part of Eric's evolution? Is that a conversation you guys had to try to work towards complementary football when you're facing these I believe it is part of Eric's evolution. I really do. I think part of it is just learning and understanding. I mean, you know, it's, again, people have asked me, well, why'd you keep him out there in the Dallas game? Well, he's got to learn this stuff. He's got to grow. And, and part of it is he will take some lumps and he will make some mistakes. And, you know, but being able to finish and, 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 and I'll tell you this, after the game, in the locker room, Sam and I had a great, uh, great opportunity to visit and to spend a little time. And he gets it; he understands it. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, I, I made a couple of comments, asked a couple of questions, and and his answers were terrific. I mean, he is he's a guy that's growing and developing and 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 really maturing right in front of us as 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 a as a football player as a, as a quarterback in this league. So it's. It, it, it's part of the evolution, the growth process, you know, and, and, and I know that, you know, the, the thing that's, you know, you would like is, you know, hey, when you put a new offense in and, and you're really young guys, you get a chance to really watch more than you do in, as far as playing. But, you know, this is a young guy that's playing and watching and learning and growing, and that'll be all part of his growth uh, and, and evolution as well. Wow. Ron Rivera right there gushing over this post-game conversation with Sam Howell after the loss at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Jeez, what did Sam say? Did Sam reveal to Ron the meaning of life? (laughs) Like, what went on in this conversation? This was Ron on Wednesday afternoon on what Sam said during this conversation. Just how we took responsibility. Um, To me, it was was really just, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where he knows that he can be better and that we can be better. And, 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 and I thought that was really, really a, a, a mature thing to talk about. All right. High praise for Sam Howell from Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon. Well, with Ron now as the commander's defensive coordinator, we on Wednesday had this exchange between commander's insider Stephen Wino of the Associated Press and Sam Howell. Take a listen. Obviously, you and Eric have worked together closely all season and back in the offseason. With Ron taking over the defense, do you expect that to even get closer in terms of, of, of more work with Eric and, and, and less with Ron anyway? Um, I, I wouldn't say that really has much of an impact, no. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say so. All right. So Stephen Wino asked Sam Howell if Rod Rivera now serving as the commander's defensive coordinator means more work for Sam with Eric Bieniemy and less work for Sam with Ron. And Sam's answer basically was, nah, bro. <laughs> and what that was, was confirmation, heck, a cementing of something that we've heard and presumed, but now we truly do know. Ron Rivera's involvement in the offense has been minuscule 
Uh, this 2023 Commander's offense truly is Eric Bieniemy's baby. Now, that doesn't mean that Ron doesn't know what's going on with the offense, uh, nor does that mean that Ron doesn't perhaps have some influence on the offense. Like, it is Ron deciding on when to go for it on fourth downs, but this offense is Eric Bieniemy's. The fact that Ron, now serving as defensive coordinator, has zero impact on Sam Howell tells you all that you need to know about Ron's involvement with the offense. Ron has been known as a CEO type head coach. So it's not like up until now, he has been super involved with the defense. He hasn't been. But I just thought that that exchange between Stephen Wino and Sam Howell was telling. Uh, as for Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy, So <laughs> we basically every week at either the Sam Howell Wednesday press conference or Eric Bieniemy Thursday press conference get some version of the question of how is the relationship between Sam and Eric. We on Wednesday got yet another version of this question. Sam on Wednesday on how he has seen his relationship with Eric Bieniemy grow as the season has gone on. Yeah, I mean, I think he's doing a doing a really good job. I think you know lately he's been calling games really, really well, and I think he's starting to get a really good feel for you know how to be successful with the talent that we have here. Um, and I've I just think I've seen him get better and better each and every week. Obviously, us players got to do our job. We got to take better care of the football. We got to execute better on certain situations but you know I think he's doing a really good job you know he's grown as a as a leader as an OC throughout the season as he's done probably his whole career um, but he's just gotten better every single week and he, he continues to work so hard so it's fun to play for him. Interesting to hear Sam Howell say of Eric Bieniemy, quote lately he's been calling games really really well end quote. I take that as a reference to Eric lately calling a lot more quick game uh, which has been of great benefit to Sam. If you go by ESPN's total QBR, five of Sam's seven highest total QBRs this regular season have come over the last five games, uh, coinciding precisely with Eric calling more quick game. I know that there has been a lot of talk lately about how much commander's offensive players like Eric Bieniemy. Well, I do like the overall job that Eric has done with Sam, a pass-heavy offense with which Eric has thrown Sam into the deep end of the pool to see if he sinks or swims. And yeah, the results at times have been bad, but the results lately have been encouraging, albeit with still a lot of room for improvement. Sam on Wednesday on how his communication with Eric has grown as the season has gone on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's that's gotten better every single week. I think he's he learns more about me, and I learn more about him every single week as we kind of go through this thing, and and really throughout ever since the beginning of this thing he's always asked for my feedback and input and he's always been very respective respected like he's always respected my opinion as far as you know if it's something I do like something I don't like so he's been very good about stuff like that and so it's it's fun to play for a coach that values your opinion um but like going in every game we always talk about every single call that's on the call sheet whether I like it whether I don't like it what situation I like it in um and, and he and he respects my opinion um and as a quarterback that's all you can want well, a lot of things will determine whether Sam Howell proves to truly be a franchise quarterback. Perhaps drinking AG1 would help Sam to be a franchise quarterback. Drinking AG1 helps me feel energized, focused, and healthy. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition. AG1 has been continuously refining its formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. If you want to take ownership of your health, doing so starts with AG1. And here's a great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Sam, pay attention. Uh, you can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase of AG1. Go to drinkag1.com slash Al Galdi. That's drinkag1.com slash Al Galdi. Go to drinkag1.com slash Al Galdi. That's drinkag1.com slash Al Galdi. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the Capitals' previous two games had uh, not been good. Uh, this past Friday afternoon, an ugly 5 nothing loss to the Edmonton Oilers at Capital One Arena. This past Monday night, a 2-1 late-night loss at the NHL-worst San Jose Sharks. But late night on Wednesday night, the Caps got a very nice win. They improved to 11-6-2 this regular season with a 2-1 win at the Los Angeles Kings. The Caps snapped the Kings' five-game winning streak. The Caps won despite getting obliterated in the puck possession battle. The Caps had just 15 shots on goal to the Kings' 39. The Caps, per natural stat trick, had just 34 five-on-five shot attempts to the Kings' 58. And yet, the Caps won the game. Why? How? They're goaltending. The Caps' number two goaltender, Charlie Lindgren, he was their starting goaltender for a fourth time in six games since the Caps' number one goaltender, Darcy Kemper, returned from injury. Now, this game was the first game of two games in two nights for the Caps, but we have been seeing a lot of Charlie Lindgren lately. And Lindgren late night on Wednesday night was great. He stopped 38 of the 39 shots on goal that he faced, including all 28 of the shots on goal that he faced over the second and third periods. Lindgren, per natural stat trick, stopped 10 of the 11 high danger shots on goal that he faced, stopped all 10 of the medium danger shots on goal that he faced, and stopped all 17 of the low danger shots on goal that he faced. Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame session with reporters early Thursday morning on Charlie Lindgren. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, so many different saves in different ways, long range, uh, flank one-timers, Dowdy, I remember off, like, yeah, he, he just was um, phenomenal performance to, to get us two points tonight. Yeah, Charlie Lindgren was awesome. Uh, the Caps went 3-3 three three on the penalty kill. They did not have a single power play the entire game, but given how bad the Caps' power play has been this season, that actually probably was a good thing. Uh, but the Caps' third line in this game, very good. Third line center, Connor McMichael, and third line right wing, Anthony Mantha, each had an even strength goal and a primary assist. Third line left wing, Alexi Protis had two secondary assists. Spencer Carberry during his postgame session with reporters on the Protis-McMichael-Mantha line. Best line by far, not even close. Um, carried us offensively. We're they're on for the first goal against, which um, I, I wasn't happy about. Like Pro misses some assignment there, on on Kaliev uh, coming down uh, Main Street on that rebound. But credit to him and and those guys for they go minus one early in that game, and now you're that game easily can. But, but they turned it around quickly, generated a scoring chance, their next um, shift out. So they, um, they were the difference offensively for us tonight in our best line. 
Yes, it was. A good win for the Caps. They had 18 block shots. The Caps in this win had more block shots than the Caps had shots on goal. 18 block shots versus 15 shots on goal. More from Spencer Carberry during his postgame session with reporters. It was a big win, certainly, um, to come into this building against one of the best teams in the league, um, to perform the way that we did through the first two periods and then just to defend our butts off in that third period and Chucky bailed us out on uh, a number of occasions and hang on, fight through, another character win. We've had a few of those this year, but this uh, on the road um, against a a team like that is a big win. All right, next up for the Caps at the Anaheim Ducks, Thursday night at 10. Well, the Wizards on Wednesday night played the first of two consecutive games at the Orlando Magic, and the Wizards on Wednesday night lost by 19 points. Uh, the Wizards fell to 3-15 and in this NBA regular season with a 139-120 loss at the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Wizards trailed for all of the second, third, and fourth quarters. The Wizards' defense was horrendous. They allowed the Magic to score 139 points, allowed the Magic to go 17 of 27 on threes and 34 of 57 on twos. The Magic came into this game just 27th out of 30 NBA teams in three-point shooting this regular season. 34%, and yet the Wizards allowed the Magic to go 17-27 on threes. Uh, the Wizards also allowed the Magic to total 34 assists. Now, the Wizards did generate 19 Magic turnovers, actually finished with 14 steals, but the Wizards got torched by Franz Wagner. Uh, Franz Wagner, in just 30 minutes, 48 seconds as a starter, scored 31 points. So he had... <laughs> More than a point per minute in this game. He went four of six on threes, seven of eight on twos, and five of six on free throws. Also had six rebounds, including three offensive boards and three assists versus two turnovers. Uh, now, the Wizards' offense was good. They scored 120 points, went 11 of 29 on threes, and 30 of 58 on twos, generated 35 free throw attempts, went 27 of 35 on free throws, finished with 28 assists versus 10 turnovers. All of that was nice, but when you play no defense, uh, nice offense is not good enough. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, he in 34 minutes, 32 seconds as a starter, went just one of four on threes and committed four turnovers, but he also went eight of 16 on twos and four of five on free throws, finished with 23 points, six assists, and three rebounds. Jordan Poole, uh, he in just 26 minutes, eight seconds as a starter, went four of seven on threes, so a good game for Poole in terms of three-point shooting, went five of six on free throws, did go just one of five on twos, but he finished with 19 points five rebounds, two assists versus two turnovers and two steals. The Wizards' best player on Wednesday night was Denny Avdia. Uh, He, in just 27 minutes, 39 seconds as a starter, had 22 points, five assists versus no turnovers, four rebounds, including three offensive boards and two steals. He went one of two on threes, eight of 10 on twos and three of four on free throws. Uh, I got this from Mike on X on Wednesday night, wrote Mike, I'm afraid you are going to be watching the Wizards, so I don't have to all season long. They are unwatchable. This is the most unwatchable Wizards slash Bullets team of my lifetime. Uh, Thank you for that, Mike. I hear you. Yes, I will take the Bullets, so to speak. Uh, for you. Uh, One of the mantras of this podcast, we follow Washington, D.C. area sports so that you don't have to. But of course, the Wizards are tanking. So what is happening right now with the Wizards? This is basically what is supposed to be happening. Uh, Next up for the Wizards at the Magic Friday night at seven. Hey, we've spent the last two segments talking caps and wizards. Underdog fantasy is great, not just for fantasy football, but also fantasy basketball and hockey. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code Galdi, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, Galdi. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. 
Underdog Fantasy offers best ball, daily drafts, and pick'em. Underdog Fantasy offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that Playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption, but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Goldie. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code Goldie. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Well, on Wednesday night, had a very busy night in college basketball in the uh, mid-Atlantic region. Uh, let's start with Georgetown. The Hoyas improved to 5-2 and two on the season with a 69-67 win over Merrimack at Capital One Arena on Wednesday night. Uh, not a great win, uh, but a win. Uh, the Hoyas in facing a team in Merrimack that came into the game just 3-4 and four on the season. Blew an 11-point first-half lead, had to overcome an 8-point second-half deficit. Also, the Hoyas' best player so far this season, 6-2 Illinois transfer Jaden Epps. He left the game due to an eye injury late in the first half. Uh, Epps in 13 minutes as a starter, went 2-3 on threes, 1-4 on twos, and 3-4 on free throws. He had 11 points and 2 assists versus three turnovers. So the Hoyas did some good things defensively, uh, held Merrimack to just four of 15 on threes and totaled eight blocks. Uh, 6'6", Wayne Bristol Jr., he in 24 minutes as a starter, had three blocks. 6'9", Kansas State transfer Ishmael Masood, he in 32 minutes off the bench, had four blocks. But the Hoyas' offense was uh, very iffy. Uh, They did go 5 of 13 on threes and did generate a whopping 42 free throw attempts, but the Hoyas went just 28 of 42 on free throws, and the Hoyas went just 13 of 37 on twos, and the Hoyas committed 18 turnovers. Uh, Nobody had like a great game for the Hoyas. 6'9", Fairfield transfer, Supreme Cook. Uh, he, in 29 minutes as a starter, went 4 of 10 from the field, all twos, and just 4 of 8 on free throws. He finished with 12 points, 12 rebounds, including 6 offensive boards and 2 steals, but also no assists versus 3 turnovers. A 6-4 Texas transfer, Rowan Brumball, uh, did return. Uh, he was back from a one-game absence caused by illness. Next up for Georgetown, home to TCU in the Big East Big 12 Challenge this Saturday evening at 5.30. Another conference versus conference challenge that we have is the ACC-SEC Challenge. And we on Wednesday night had both Virginia and Virginia Tech playing in that. And the Cavaliers got a big win. They improved to 6-1 on the season with a 59-47 win over number 14 Texas A&M at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia on Wednesday night in this ACC-SEC Challenge. Uh, The Aggies head coach is former Virginia Tech head coach Buzz Williams. The story of this game was the Cavs' defense. It was great. Uh, This was a vintage defensive performance by the Cavs under head coach Tony Bennett. They held Texas A&M to just 47 points and to just 4 of 23 on threes and just 13 of 33 on twos. The Cavs generated 16 Texas A&M turnovers as the Cavs totaled eight steals. The Cavs also totaled eight blocks and the Cavs did a number on Texas A&M's best player. Star point guard Wade Taylor the fourth. He came into the game averaging 20 points per game this season. He in this game scored just nine points. He went just one of six on threes and just one of four on twos 
and committed five turnovers. Awesome defense by the Cavs. Here was Tony Bennett during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night. We were active, and again, Ryan anchored that. Reese was right, and everybody was just fighting. We knew that was our chance, um, and they're they're aggressive. And you know, they they had some missteps and missed a few shots. But I thought, you know, I, I hope our defensive uh, activity and and you know the idea of not yielding played a part in that. And you know, it's a hard playing team. You know, I've coached against Buzz, and I know he's a terrific coach, and his teams are well prepared. Um, and so it was just, uh, it was kind of, can we match that? And, and we talked about identity, a group identity. And I thought that was the, the message. Our identity showed the way it needed to uh, in a game like this. So, and everybody did their part. Yes, they did. Uh, the Wahoos on Wednesday night were not great offensively, but did go 9-25 on threes. So the Hoos won despite having just seven offensive rebounds to Texas A&M's 18, and uh, thus just three second-chance points to Texas A&M's 16. Rebounding is an issue for the Hoos, given uh, their lack of size. But good games for Ryan Dunn and Reese Beekman. Uh, 6'8", Ryan Dunn, he in 36 minutes, 7 seconds as a starter, went 2-4 on threes, 2-4 four on twos and two of two on free throws. He finished with 12 points, five rebounds, five blocks and three steals. And 6-3 Reese Beekman, he in 34 minutes, 30 seconds as a starter, went 0 of 1 on threes, 4 of 7 on twos and 4 of 4 on free throws. Finished with 12 points, five assists versus one turnover, three steals and two blocks. Uh, next up for Virginia, it's ACC opener, home to Syracuse Saturday at noon. Uh, as for Virginia Tech, it late night on Wednesday night got ripped. Uh, the Hokies fell to 5-3 and three on the season with a 74-57 loss at Auburn. Uh, Tech never held a lead in this game. The Hokies allowed Auburn to begin the game on an 18-4 run. Tech's offense in this game really bad. The Hokies went just 6-20 on threes and just 8-31 on twos. The Hokies committed 21 turnovers. Tech for the game had just 7 assists versus 21 turnovers. So the Hokies did hold Auburn to just a 2 of 16 on threes, but uh, that did not matter because Tech's offense was so bad. Next up for Virginia Tech, it's ACC opener, home to Louisville Sunday afternoon at 4. And also on Wednesday night was number 22 James Madison improving to 7-0 and on the season with an 81-66 win over Buffalo at Atlantic Union Bank Center in Harrisonburg, Virginia. The Dukes never trailed in the game. They began the game on a 13-0 run. 6-9 Boston College transfer T.J. Bickerstaff uh, he, in just 27 minutes as a starter, had 18 points, seven rebounds, including four offensive boards and four assists versus two turnovers. Bickerstaff went 8 of 15 from the field, all twos and two of four on free throws. And yes, I did say Bickerstaff, uh, TJ Bickerstaff, the grandson of former Bullets slash Wizards head coach Bernie Bickerstaff. Next up for James Madison, home to Division Three Keystone College. Sunday afternoon at 1. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 711. 711! Uh, we'll provide you with more on the Commanders as we will get you ready for the Commanders game against the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1, including rhyming keys, my keys to a Commanders victory in rhyming fashion, and commentary on what is said by assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy in his pre-practice press conference on Thursday. Also, I on Friday's show will talk college football, a Goldilocks preview and pick for number 24 Liberty hosting New Mexico State Friday night at 7 in the Conference USA Championship game. And on Friday's show, we'll talk Capitals. The Caps are at the Anaheim Ducks Thursday night at 10. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Do you like play calling? When it works, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com